You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, you guys! Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back and we have a holiday special for you. That's right. Darren and Mary are joining us once again, and we are going to be looking at the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special. That's right. It t- takes the look at Pee Wee Herman and all his friends waiting for Santa to arrive and look at fruitcake of all things. It's going to be a ton of fun to talk about. And of course, the man who just collects fruitcake all year round to help decorate his house is Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. I know what you are. But what am what I? Am I? <laughs> I had to roll my eyes at that one. But, yep. Uh, yep. We are spending the holidays with Pee Wee. Exactly. It's going to be a ton of fun. And you know what? I'm looking forward to doing it. And, you know, how are you prepping for the holiday season, Mr. Gordon? I am uh, just trying not to think about it until it's woefully too late. Of course. Isn't that always the case? <laughs> <laughs> that is always the case with the holiday season it's like yeah i got so much going on in life what christmas is in two days oh well ious for everyone once again so it's okay it's i'll tell you though watching this special made it feel like it's a lot closer i was like oh wow we are really in december like in december now so really like yeah it starts now gotta, oh. gotta it's not like something that's just gonna happen in the future it's pretty it's gonna be on top of me pretty soon uh we had to go to the dentist last week and you know all throughout the office it was all christmas music it was all wow uh, your favorite oh Oh, I just love Christmas music, you know. You do. Just, you are such a fan. It's you your know, favorite time of year. You know, on my phone right here is maybe two <laughs> Christmas songs now. <laughs> Actually, I just downloaded just recently the old 97s um, because they did the music for the new Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Right. It's true. And, and so I downloaded the songs from that, the, the one they did with Kevin Bacon and then the one they did at the beginning of the show that they didn't know what Christmas was. So it was, it was pretty fun and I'm a big fan of them. So it was just like, okay, if they do a Christmas song, I'll do it, you know, just for the band's sake and everything. So it was, it was cool. And I think I have a Christmas wrap by the waitresses. Nice. And Bob and Doug McKenzie doing the 12 days of Christmas. Of course. That's a staple. Of course, it's better than Dinah Shore doing the 12 Days of Christmas. but Much know, better, but we'll get into that. We'll get to that later. So, you know, she's still probably doing it, you know, 40 years later. Yep. Uh, yeah, her her body might have left us, but her spirit sings on. Oh, you could go to the gravestone and you could probably still hear it in Hollywood or wherever she's buried. So it would be very cool. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Please write us feedback at ourstation1.com. And you know what? We keep... T- um, tell people enough about our new youtube channel 
we have been having a ton of fun recording these videos for you guys and actually putting them up there for you to actually see us talk to uh, different guests, different celebrities, different artists, writers, sports figures, or our main topics. And I know our holiday gift guide has been getting a lot of hits. And so definitely, folks, it's great that we can do this for you now and you actually might be seeing a lot more of us on certain places if we have these some of the things we have in the works right now in 2023 come our way so but more of that later in the year or into next year as we get along but definitely please if you get a chance subscribe and give a thumbs up to our youtube channel we would really appreciate it can't express that enough for you guys all you have to do is look up our station one up on youtube and we're there. Pretty cool. And as speaking of as there also, a big thank you to our patrons. Our patrons are our lifeblood on this network. And you know what? We have some amazing folks up there. And, you know, we want to wish each and every one of them a happy holiday from us here on Earth Station One. Both Mike and I, you know, we might celebrate different holidays, but the spirit is all the same. So it's actually kind of cool that we get to celebrate with you guys. And our patrons are like we said, our family. So you two can become one of the members of the family for as little as a dollar a month. That's right. A dollar a month to help subscribe to Earth Station One podcast. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Pretty cool, folks. Definitely worth checking out. Also worth checking out is our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is running some amazing holiday specials right now on sunglasses, gamer glasses, safety goggles, exercise glasses, all kinds of really cool stuff. And you too can help benefit from their sales that they're having right now for the holidays. All you have to do is go to tofosioptics.com. And a special way of saying thank you, all you have to do is type in the coupon code EarthStation1 and you get 10% off your whole order. Not just one pair of glasses, folks, but your whole order. tofosioptics.com. Check it out. And now we're here with new friend of the show, Jeremy Miller. He is, folks, he is an actor, a celebrity chef, a book writer. You name it, he does it. He might even fix cars for you, so you never know. Welcome to <laughs> First Station One, Jeremy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. How you guys doing today? Absolutely great. And uh, welcome, yeah, welcome to the station. It's an honor having you, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on. We're here also, um, um, obviously, to promote the uh, Celebrity Chef cooking show that you're doing at Blackwater Creek, um, and that is on Saturday, December 17th. Make sure I'm getting that in right away, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a great um, event coming up. Yeah, I want to talk more about that, but also, you know, obviously, you know, you've got such a, a great history. I wanted to, I was kind of curious, I know that, you know, um, uh you start off as an, did you start off doing acting like live action work or voice work? Cause I know you did um, voice of Linus, right? As a, yes. a Peanuts character. I actually started doing live, live action work first. Um, I started when I was five. So oh, wow. I, I booked a McDonald's wow. commercial within about my first 10 auditions. And that was the first thing I ever did. And um, funny enough, it was me, Jaleel White, and also a, a guy named Brandon Call who, if you go back to the 80s and just Google it, he was on practically every 80s sitcom show. He had, like, two of his own that just didn't get picked up and didn't go far. But, yeah, we had, like, three or four young actors who went on and did, you know, big things after that in that one little commercial when we were all freaking six years old. 
But did you uh, now like five? I can't even remember like back then for me. Um, did you like? Were you aware of like what you were doing really? Um, I wasn't really. I was a big, you know, I was a TV kid like everybody. I mean, sure. I watched yep. all the classic shows back then, Happy Days, and you know, uh, oh my goodness, Brady Bunch, and you know, sure. those kind of shows. And I would walk around the house reciting the lines and the dialogue and stuff. Um, that was one of the kind of things that tipped my mom off that maybe I might, you know, be good with mm-hmm. it. But at the time, I was um, taking singing lessons at a place. Um, Mickey Rooney actually opened these places called Mickey Rooney's Talent Town. Wow, and cool. uh, that's where I studied. And you could learn acting and singing and dance and pretty much anything you wanted to learn. Um and my singing teacher also had daughters in the industry. And she came to my mom and said, have you ever thought about putting him in, you know, commercials or TV? He has the personality for it. He doesn't shut up. You know, it's, he kind of is perfect for this. And my mom just asked me, she said, you know, what would you think about trying to be like one of those kids on TV? And, you know, you're only five years old. It was like, oh, that sounds fun. But sure, sure enough, I fell in love with it, you know, um, as I kept doing it, I, I loved doing it. I loved the auditioning process. I loved getting in front of the camera and performing. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was very blessed. I always loved to do it. Um, my younger brother, who started at the same time I did and auditioned for a long time, by the time he was 11, he told my mom, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't love it like Jeremy does. I want to be a kid. I want to go play baseball. I want to play with my friends. And, you know, it was just a different different thing he didn't have the same passion for it that I really grew to to have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really cool too, especially starting out, uh, you know, with the, the, the Mickey Rooney thing. Cause um, I guess those schools, like, cause in Mickey Rooney's day, you had to do everything, right. You had to be a triple threat, right. You had to sing, Absolutely. dance and act. Right. So, so you probably going in probably had all three. And just to start, I mean, I given, they went away real quick. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Come puberty, the voice changed, the singing. All right, sure, changed, sure. And the dance kind of went out the window too. But yeah, we it was it was good having all of that, and even the singing. When we did um, Peanuts, we actually filmed this. I was part of the Snoopy musical TV special, so we actually oh, right. had a vocal special where we all had to sing pretty much the entire show. So those wow. lessons and all that training before when I was young came in really handy. Wow. Wow. I haven't seen that one in ages. Is that one still available? Yeah, you can find uh, it on YouTube. Yeah. You can find um, DVDs of it. Um, I gotcha. actually just found it on YouTube uh, when my boys were out here a couple of months ago and we sat down and watched <laughs> it as a family. So, I mean, obviously it's one thing to be, you know, acting in a commercial or something like that but then when you're doing the voice of linus that's that's something else because you probably were aware of linus right so that's a big deal right it it was it's i still look back on peanuts as one of the biggest honors of my life because that as a kid and being a big fan of snoopy and the peanuts gang the comic strips the shows everything I was like, wow, I get to do this. I get to be a part of this. And it's still incredibly special to have been a part of something that has such a legacy. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I think, you know, they were when they were making those specials from the 60s on, they kept, you know, running through kids. Like it was like a revolving, like, because the voices would change, like you said. That's exactly it. I did it from about eight and a half to 11. 
And mm-hmm. right about 11 years old, my voice started to change a little bit. And they were and like, boom. I'm sorry, it's time to move on. That's just how it goes. Um, right. But, you know, that's actually kind of cool in that there are different generations of Peanuts gangs. And we all do get together occasionally, like autograph shows or reunions. Oh, wow. They Peanuts had a big reunion at Knott's about 15, 20 years ago. I think 20 yeah. years, 25 years ago now, um, and brought all of us together. I mean, from everybody from the 60s all the way up, and we had a wow. ball at Knott's, you know. So being a part of a, a giant family like that and a legacy like that is just, it was incredibly special. Yeah, I think uh, Charles Schultz just celebrated the 100th, anniversary, uh, 100th birthday of his. Uh, he would have been 100. Um, yep. So that's really cool. Now, um, was that concurrent to your role in Growing Pains or was that afterwards? Or I got Growing Pains and then I got Linus probably about six to eight months later. Okay. So it was running kind of concurrent, but we we did the filming on the weekends or the uh, recording for Peanuts on the weekends. Or mm-hmm. we did it um, on hiatus weeks where we weren't filming Growing Pains. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, one last thing about recording Linus. That's particular, particularly that character. So when they recorded the lines, did you I have a blanket with you? Because, you know, that would be <laughs> getting in character. <laughs> no, I actually never did. <laughs> Um, the, the well, he's not a method acre, folks. He's not a method <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it's funny though. You you you're never. There's no um, back and forth when you're recording those. Um, oh, okay. You, you are solely in your recording studio, giving your lines, and you can't just act it. It actually has to be enunciated in a certain way so that the right the animators are going to be able to do it properly. So you have gotcha. to be very almost every sentence you have to make a clear stop and you have to and it's interesting trying to act but control the tempo and pace and you know it's it's just an interesting experience and it took some adjustment but you know most of us picked it up pretty quickly and by the you know second or third time we were doing it we were you know, right in the groove. And I would imagine there's some sort of effort to keep the voice of Linus consistent. They're, they do their best. Um, that was actually yeah. why I got hired. Um, Lee Mendelson, who was the one who did oh, the wow. shows. That's a um, Lee was there for my audition. And as soon as I got done, he actually walked into the outer room with me and my mom and said, you sound the most like the original Linus that I've ever heard and hired wow. me on the spot, basically. So that's cool. They, they really do their best to try and keep some continuity in the, you know, the, the way the characters sound. And that was, that was the reason I got the job is I sounded the most like the original to him. Nice. Nice. Well, very cool. So, uh, so you're doing growing pain. How did you get the job from growing pain? Growing pains was actually more of a cattle call type of a audition. Um, you know, it was probably two, 300 kids coming in through like two or three days. And um, honestly, I just went in and I started, I don't even remember reading dialogue and lines. Um, I know I did. I'm sure we got through those at some point, but I just went in and started mm-hmm. doing what I did. I started telling jokes and, and doing impressions and just messing around and talking with the producers and the casting director. And to this day, the producers still say that that's what got me the job was yeah. that I was just able to come in and be a kid and be natural and 
that's it wasn't even my read of the script it was my personality when i came in and started entertaining them mhm that's cool i would imagine that for a, especially a series if you're if you're trying to be a regular in a series especially a family drama or family sitcom they want that chemistry that's the most important thing not absolutely. whether or not you can remember every single line right that that's absolutely true. Um, they're looking for maybe somebody who looks a little bit like the parents, you know, someone sure. who they want to find that chemistry. I can tell you a little bit. The very first Carol was not Tracy Gold. Hmm. Um, we actually had a great actress um, who played Carol originally, and they basically ran the pilot through the test groups and the chemistry wasn't there with her. That's basically what the producer said. They just, the, the fans and the people who were watching it didn't feel the connection with her. Um, so she ended up being recast. And thankfully, Tracy was their choice. And the rest is history. Because I, I really right. believe that chemistry that we all had and the fact that we all became a real family behind the scenes, mm. I, I really believe that came through on camera and is yes. one of the things that helped make us, you know, a special show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was that recorded in front of a studio audience? Yeah, we did live studio audience every week. Wow. Old school camera show. I, I've been to a few of those tapings back in the day, like Golden Girls and whatnot. And mm -hmm. and that's it's like watching a play. I mean, it's like you're performing a play um, very different than doing a movie or a traditional like drama show. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, I had done uh, two movies before I got Growing Pains. Um, Growing Pains was my first sitcom, and I had done plays before through Mickey Rooney's Talent Town, actually. Um, and yeah, to me, even as a kid, I was like, okay, this is what I know, this is what I recognize. I felt more comfortable doing a, um, you know, a live performance show because of what you said. It was more like doing theater. Um, doing mm -hmm. the films was was odd. I enjoyed it, but it was very different than what I was used to. Gotcha, gotcha. So tell us a little bit about uh, Growing Pains. You, you grew up literally on the show, right? Yeah. Um, we, we filmed <laughs> what, from, is, what is that like? Well, we filmed from 8 to 15. You know, that was my ages, 8 to 15. So basically wow. half my life was spent on television at that point. And it has its ups and downs. I mean, there's, sure. there's definitely positives. Um, you know, I got to meet amazing people and do incredible things. But that does come with some backlash. Um, you know, you, you go back to school and well, now you're on TV. So all the girls like you and want to be around you. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. That just made all the guys at school hate you. And now you have a bunch <laughs> <Right>. of <laughs> So it was, it, it was a delicate balance. Um, and I'll tell you, and any child star, I'll tell you, being splayed on television for the world during your puberty, mm -hmm. most awkward years, you know, when you really feel horrible about yourself is not the greatest thing. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't do wonders for the self-confidence, but, um, you know, it all the negatives are far outweighed by the amazing positives. I mean, I had this incredible second family for seven years, and I don't just mean the cast, although they were my second family. Right. I mean, yeah, our crew, right? I mean, our crew. I mean, everybody. We had a, you know, we knew our, our cameraman's kids. We knew our lighting guy's, you know, wife. We knew the prop guy's family. We, everybody knew each other and was a part of this big group.
Um, so that was just an incredible blessing. And then I got to travel the world. I got to, you know, help a hundred different charities. I got to meet millions of incredible people. Um, at 14, I got to speak at the UN. I mean, what kind wow. of 14 year old gets wow. to do that? Yeah. What was, what was that about? Um, we were actually, I was working with, uh, John Voigt and Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, and, um, wow. a bunch of other people, uh, Valerie Harper. And we were basically fighting for a bill that we wanted ratified across the world for basic children's rights. At the time, there were 40,000 kids a day dying from basic nutritional deficiencies, 40,000 a day. And, you know, we were basically trying to get governments to step up and do something about this. Um, So I got to speak to 81 heads of state at the UN, and we ended up getting every country but two to ratify that bill. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, so, that's impressive. That's know, awesome, so, though, that you were that you were active on that level at, at that age. Well, I was blessed to have older mentors who, you know, were willing to bring in a young kid to something like that and, mm-hmm. you know, show me that we could help make a difference. Because, I mean, I, I certainly didn't know I was capable of making any sort of impact like that, <laughs> um, right. you know, at that age. It just doesn't occur to a 13-year-old, 14-year-old. Um, but it was just those kind of things that were amazing that I got to be a part of. So any of the small negatives that come with that are, are well wiped out by the positives. <laughs> I have to ask, uh, so in, I think, um, wow, now what is it almost like, like eight, 10 years ago now, like you were in a, uh, there was a um, sort of a reunion movie, right? Yes. Like, um, what was that like getting all back together? Oh, it was incredible. We actually did two reunion films. One was in 2000 and the other was in 2004. And um, both were just great experiences. The first one, we all hadn't been back together in a long time. And there was actually a lot of healing that went on that first time. Um, Not that we had any direct negative experiences, but it's been well known that Kirk was a bit of a problem at the end of the show that he had made life a little difficult for our producers, our writers. He was changing things around because of his extreme views. He felt growing pains was too risque. Um, And there was some hard feelings from a lot of the cast. Um, You know, we weren't invited to him and Chelsea's wedding, things like that. But when we got on set the very first day, immediately Alan's bantering with Joanna, I'm bantering with Tracy And then all of a sudden, we're because we're outdoors, we're in a park and we're filming. And I don't know if you know anything about Montreal. That's where we were shooting. But they say, if you don't like like the weather, wait 10 minutes. (laughs) Literally. Literally. (laughs) So gorgeous. Blue sky, everything. We're about to film. And a cloud comes in and just cloud burst, pouring rain. So, of course, all hands on deck. Everybody runs, grabs the equipment. I'm grabbing cameras. I got lights. We're all running to the vans. They stuff all of us, all the equipment in one van. They get all us actors in the other van. And we had to sit there and just wait out the storm, which was, you know, like a half hour. And Kirk took that opportunity to basically apologize to all of us. Um, He just took a moment and said, look, I really wanted to say I'm sorry for the way I behaved back then. You know, I didn't understand my faith or how to go about 
sharing it or being a good Christian. And I thought those were the things I had to do to do that. And I really want you to know, I'm sorry for everything I did. And then I cut you guys out of my life. And, and it was just right then everything was forgotten. Right. Hugs around. Yeah, it was it was just an instant moment of healing. And the rest of filming was just a ball being back together again. And then the second one, we just had a blast. We were in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we were in, goes wrong in New there. Orleans yeah. for Mardi Gras um, oh. when we were filming. So it was a little crazy, but uh, especially for <laughs> that was still during my drinking days. So it got a little crazy, but um, <laughs> but it, it was a great time and a great experience, you know, being with the cast. Anytime we all got to be together like that, then recreating those roles together was really special. So, uh, so I have to ask: Is there any chance that we'll you will hear like the Ben Seaver scream again? Will, will there be another reunion? Uh, I I can honestly say I don't know. Um, Warner Brothers is is being very mum. Oh, on that's West. yeah, that's crazy right now. Warner yeah. Brothers is crazy right now. But... Well, that's the thing: is Warner Brothers owns Growing Pains. They own the rights. Um, ABC didn't own it. It was a Warner Brothers show. So. We, a couple of years back, actually, I put together a reboot, basically. Um, got a great writer to put together, like, six episodes for me. And I got the cast on board. We got everybody together. And then Warner basically just said, we're not interested. If we do anything, it's going to be one of our own one of our own stories. And that's it. So we, we don't know. They, you know... Mm. It, it could happen. It, it might not. I don't know. What I do know is at the time, the cast was definitely up for it. Um, okay. hopefully, hopefully nothing has changed. Um, but, you know, people's lives change and what they're able to do changes. So I, I don't know what everybody's availability is now. But sure. I do know a couple of years back, the, the cast was all on board. And, you know, we'll see. So. Unfortunately, I don't have a definitive answer on that one. That's fine. Uh, I mean, the the fact that everybody seems willing and able, I mean, that's that's that says a lot right there, you know. And uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people would love that. Um, you know, it's certainly not unheard of. We see these shows popping up, uh, reboots and continuations all the time. So I definitely think it's a possibility and in the cards. Um, but I wanted to switch gears, of course, cause like like sort of you did in college, right? You went from drama, studying drama, being really into drama, to my understanding, all of a sudden getting a love for the culinary arts. <laughs> I had always how, had how a did love that for happen? Cooking. I always had a love <laughs> for cooking. My grandma was a self taught chef. Um, you know, from the age of three years old on, I followed her around the kitchen. Um, every holiday she cooked very big and I would help. And I just, I fell in love with getting to cook for others and showing your love for others that way. And um, later on when I was about 10 years old or nine years old, she bought a restaurant um, up little North of Bakersfield, California, a little small fishing town up there. And I would go up there in the summers when we weren't doing growing pains and I would work in the restaurant with her, which to me, it wasn't work. It was hanging out with grandma but sure. that's where I got my passion for it. And um, after dropping out of USC, um, which was just a nothing against USC. I loved the school and I wish I could have taken a better. Um, I wish I could have had a better experience, but I broke my ankle really horrifically um, in a tennis nice. match um, like two months in and had to drop half of my drama classes because I couldn't be moving around stage on crutches. And then I got um mono 
a month, a month after that and had to withdraw from all the rest of my classes. Um, I had a case of mono that literally kicked my butt for four months and took me from a 185 pound athlete to about 115 pounds and Whoa. all my friends calling my my family being like is he on drugs what is going on is he is he does he need help what is happening and it was just I had this really horrific case of mono um so that kind of those things put a damper on my year at USC and I kind of realized that I needed to well at the time I realized that the money I had since I was putting myself through school was going mm. to be seriously depleted by doing another 4 years and I kind of decided it was time to go back to acting for a while to try and help my mom out um it was around that time that the a lot of the trauma of my past um abuse from my stepfather and things like that started to rear its head and um my alcohol abuse began right around 19 20 years old and i was kind of lost in the wilderness there for a couple of years until i found the cordon blue program over here in Los Angeles. And that's, that was my second chance. That was my uh, little bit of a rebirth, you know, something else that I love and was passionate about. And I decided to chase it. And I still act when I can, I still, mm -hmm. you know, pick up gigs here and there. I still have lots of friends who are doing parts and they'll send me an independent script or they'll send me this and they say, hey, I got this role. I would love for you to do, take a look if it's something I'm interested in. So I still stay doing it, but cooking's my other, you know, passion and, I love, I love, love being behind the, behind the stove. You know, the two places I feel wow. the most at home are in front of a camera or behind the stove. So I'm very blessed that I have two passions like that, that I can chase, you know. Uh-huh. And, and, and you're putting them both to good use as a celebrity chef, right? <laughs> I'm doing, doing my best. That's one of the things I do is these celebrity chef cooking parties. Um, it's mm -hmm. kind of what we're going to be doing in Bedford. Um, in Bedford, Virginia at the Black Blackwater Creek uh, Event Center. It's um, basically, it's one of my cooking parties. It's going to be kind of like a cooking show. If you remember the old Emerald show where he had, you know, like the eight to 10 guests right around the center island with him to interact with him. Well, that's what I do in my normal cooking parties and my normal cooking classes is mm -hmm. I go to someone's house and, you know, we develop a menu, whatever kind of theme they're looking for. And then I cook four to five dishes, um, teaching them everything as we go. They get to enjoy um, tasting portions of each of the dish. And I just give them kind of, you know, history and background on the dishes, things they can do, things they can add. And we just have a really good time. So that's kind of what we're going to be doing here. Um, we're going to nice. have uh, 12 VIPs. Um, those are going to be VIP donors. And they'll be right up front interacting with me and getting the lesson. And then there will be other seats in the actual audience where people can donate to just sit and watch and enjoy. And everybody's going to get to try the menu. I'll be cooking directly for our VIPs. And then the Blackwater Creek um, Event Center and Catering, their chefs are going to make my menu for everybody else in the crowd as well. So oh, cool. It's going to be a really fun time. Everybody's going to get to have a great meal. Um, man, we're doing, I don't want to make you guys too hungry, but we're doing uh, <laughs> olive oil poached sweet shrimp, uh, oh. Tuscan soup with uh, sweet sausage, kale, and sun-dried tomatoes, uh, mushroom risotto, and then pan-fried brajol, which is a beautiful beef filet that you layer um, prosciutto, basil, 
and Fontina cheese in between, and you bread it and wow. saute it. It's, if you have any leftovers, please feel free to send them <laughs> you know, or, or you need somebody to test it for you. So you know, both of us would be great. For them. Well, it's going to be a great event. It's going to be a great menu. And it's it's going to benefit two really great causes, too. Um, that's actually how I got hooked up with Bedford, um, Virginia, you know, is that for I think it was about four years ago is before the pandemic um, mm. was the first Bedford International Film Festival. And I got hooked up with them and I fell in love with the town and I fell in love with what they were doing. Um, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities for aspiring filmmakers in Virginia. You know, I mean, it's it, across the country. If you're not in either L.A., New York or Atlanta, there's really right. not a lot of places for you to get noticed right now. And that's really what the Bedford International Film Festival tries to do is give these young local aspiring filmmakers, not only guidance, but opportunities to get noticed and get their work out there. Um, Very cool. So the donations um, will be going to part of the donations will be going to them. And part of the donations will also be going to a really awesome um, charity called the new freedom farm. And they're a farm full working farm that uses equine therapy and manual labor mm -hmm. in the farm and everything else to help veterans and first responders dealing with PTSD. Um, so it's a great program. They get to go there and form relationships with these animals. They get, you know, definite work that they can do and see their accomplishments and feel immediate, you know, response and gratification for the things they're doing. And they get to, they get paired with an animal that they get to take care of and form this relationship with. And it's incredibly healing. Um, so that's the other charity that we're also working with for this. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and we will have a link in our show notes so that people can go uh, and check out uh, how to get involved, how to get tickets. Uh, I understand you can also um, get, you can donate uh, through the link, even if you can't attend for some reason, right? Yep. Like, it's, uh, it's... so if you're out of town, you're not going to be there, but you still want to uh, take up the cause. Uh, I guess you won't be sending leftovers to them, but <laughs> no, no, unfortunately there's a, you know, a little bit of a health risk issues with that, but right. But details, truth, if anybody details. wants Come to on. donate, they are two wonderful, wonderful causes. Um, you know, I, I got to see how much it meant to the local, you know, aspiring filmmakers and these, you know, these people who don't have an outlet for their craft, for their creations, and they don't have any way to get real feedback. Um, you know, I mean, you can always post something on YouTube, but then you got to deal right. with the trolls and you're not getting. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not the feedback. Sometimes you want. <laughs> well, exactly. you, don't, I mean, you don't know what feedback you're getting, who you're getting it from. But at the film festival, they have reputable, you know, casting directors, producers, directors, actors, people coming in to evaluate this work and give them good criticism. And they're also hoping to start running more programs to be able to give them um actual classes in filmmaking and, you know, learning different aspects of it, different lighting techniques, different camera techniques, whatever they want to learn. Um, so that's, that's a big kind of next step for the Bedford International Film Festival as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. It's a great cause. It's going to be a great event. Um, uh, it's going to be so to much fun. About it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, <clears throat> we know what, we know you're used to slaving behind a hot stove but now we're going to put you in a hot seat. We're going to put you in the gate seat. Mike, uh, I think uh, I think he's ready. He's a pro, though. I, don't, I think he's going to be able to handle be. this perfectly. Yeah. 
All right, Jeremy, are you ready for your first question in the Geek Seat? I'm ready. All right, Jeremy. What was your favorite Geek Out moment? I've really only had two really? full Geek what? Outs in my life. Um, the first was when I, when I was 10 years old, and we were doing an event at a orphanage, and Sylvester Stallone walked in. Oh, wow. Now, I'm 10 years old. I'm a huge Rocky fan. I've seen First Blood. I've seen every Rocky up until that point. I loved the Lords of Flat. I loved everything the guy did. So that was my one. At 10 years old, I really geeked out on him and even got in line with the orphans so that I could get a picture with him. <laughs> so oh, that's I, awesome. I completely geeked out on him. And then more recently, I was doing an interview at a news station and I'm done with the interview and I'm sitting there talking to my fiance and all of a sudden she sees my jaw just drop and I freeze. She's like, babe, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I start going, it, it's Paul Stanley. It's, it's, it's Paul Stanley. <laughs> and Paul Stanley from Kiss had just walked in behind her and was doing an interview that day. So I got to meet Paul Stanley and completely fanboy and geek out on him as well. So those are my two total geek out moments. That's awesome because it shows you have your fandom too. You, you. That's awesome. It, exactly, and that's that's pretty awesome. What was your most disappointing geek out moment, though? Oh, well, there was a gentleman, and I hate to use names when it comes to this particular uh, incident, but there was if a you guy. Want, who, if you want, you could use initials or something like that. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Initials were MB, and he was a guy who'd done some pretty big action stuff in the eighties and some big films. And I was uh, at my tennis club that I played at in high school. Cause I was on the tennis team and we actually didn't have courts at school. So we had to go to this little local tennis club and I see this guy and I'm like, Oh my God, I want to go say hi. And him, I didn't totally fanboy out on. I actually approached him a little more professionally. And I just walked up and I said, you know, Mr. MB, can I, I just wanted to say I'm a fan of your work. I'm, you know, my name is Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains and I really like what you do. And the guy looks me up and down like I am trash and turns his back away and starts talking to someone else. Oh, well, that's just uncool. That's just... Well, I walked away, walked back to my friends, but I was a bit of a hothead back then. I was 17 years old. And by the time I got back to my buddies, I was like, no, wait a minute. Screw that. I turned around. I went back and I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, pardon me. I said, I'm not a fan. I said, I'm a colleague. I'm like, I was coming here to tell you how much I appreciate your work. If you treat fans like that, you're a scumbag. And he got yeah. pissed me and kind of looked like he was going to square off on me. And I picked up my tennis racket and was like, and then he walked away and I walked away, but that was probably my, cause I didn't expect that kind of attitude from him. It does happen in Hollywood, but I've never understood that. You know, we don't have a career without our fans. I mean, you, your movies don't do well without your fans. How dare you treat them like crap? So that was my, that was my most disappointing. That's totally fair. fair. That's totally fair. What geeks you out the most? Oh, it's probably a, a it's it's a tie. Um, I am I am a Harry Potter geek. Uh, really, admit, you're one I of those. Got absolutely it. Absolutely admit it. Um, but I am also a total food geek. I geek out over chefs. 
Um, that's, you know, the great chefs, the ones who are doing really special things. I mean, like if I ever got the chance to meet Thomas Keller, who's generally considered the, the greatest American chef right now, I, I, w I don't even know if I could speak. I mean, I've, when he opened his restaurant out here in LA, I sent in my resume and everything else and told him flat out, I will sweep your floors. Just let me in the kitchen. Just give me a starting place. I said, wow. I am a full, you know, fully trained chef. I don't even need a chef job. I will be your porter. I will wash the kitchen. I will. I mean, that's how much I truly geeked out. He's an amazing chef. And that's my other place I geek out. If I get a chance or opportunity to eat at a great chef's restaurant or meet an incredible chef, I just, I kind of lose it. Nice. Totally cool. I totally respect that, man. What turns your geek off? Mm -hmm. What turns your geek off? Hmm. That's a really good one. I don't know. I don't know if there's much that turns my geek off because I, you know, when it comes to the things I actually geek out about, there's not much you can do to, to dampen that. Um, That's fair. That's cool. You know, this is your segment, so it could be any answer you want. In <laughs> so this is pretty cool. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? Huh. I've actually thought about that one a lot of different times. And honestly, it'd probably be Dr. Frankenstein. Really? Wow. That is a brain I would love to pick. You know, the, the, that's what Igor said too. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah. I, I think honestly it would be Dr. Frank, Dr. Frankenstein because the <laughs> delving into that mind, that genius, but what drives that mania knowing he's doing something so horrific just fascinates me. No, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. That, that would be kind of cool to see, you know, trying because he was obsessed with bringing the corpse to life or reanimate, mm -hmm. you know. And so, yeah, that's a different kind of cooking. Oh, very much. Very, so. very different cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Which fictional character would you like to meet the least? These are slowly getting harder as they go. Yeah, on. you're telling me. Um, <laughs> well, easy answer would be Dracula, but that's that's kind of a cream puff answer. Um, truthfully, the person I would least like to meet, probably Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just don't put him near a windmill, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, a little nuts and, you know, just, just passionate enough to perhaps uh, convince you. So I'm not sure I'd want to go down that <laughs> road point. with him. Yeah, good point. Good point, Dave. All right. Jeremy, what is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? Hmm. I don't, I honestly, that's one I don't think I really have. Because, you know, it could be something as simple as like awesome or you well, know or yeah that's probably you... it's it's probably awesome then that's something i say way way too much as a child of the 80s <laughs> you and me both you and me both too. absolutely <laughs> what is your ideal geek occupation probably well that's an interesting one because as i've said working for an incredible chef in an incredible restaurant like that would geek me out completely 
So working at the French Laundry or any one of somebody like Thomas Keller's incredible restaurants would geek me out completely. But my ultimate kind of geek moment would be to, you know, geek gig job, whatever you want us to call it, would probably be to travel for food. Just traveling the world for, and this is where it'd be different, is traveling the world for food in places that are based on like my favorite literature, like Harry Potter places or this, um, you know, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and going back to Europe and all the weird places or New England and all the weird places he wrote about and finding authentic food or finding, you know, that'd be kind of my geek geek job moment would be to, to be able to take people along that journey that I kind of go on mentally myself when I'm reading. Cause as a chef, I'm reading something and I, I'm, I am, I'm thinking about the region and what they would eat, what they would do, what they would, that's just kind of one of the ways my, my weird brain works. That's pretty yeah. awesome though. I was, that is great. I actually was working on a documentary that I was planning on making once about it's called guy eight here and it was about the diners drivers and dives oh. and going back to the places he went and seeing how it changed him going there has changed mm -hmm. the restaurants and everything and but that would have been I'd have, I'd have watched that definitely i think it would have, <laughs> it would have been totally cool to do every time we you know when my son was little every time we used to go to a different city and everything dad we got to go here guy fietti went to this place and he went to that <laughs> it's like okay yeah. no more tv for you son <laughs> <laughs> what geek occupation would you not like to do um working in an amusement park mm, I, I, have a, I have a lot of friends who were big big disney geeks who aspired to at just some point in their life work at disney and, you know, it's just something that I've never, as much as I have a passion for Harry Potter, I would never want to work at the Harry Potter world at Universal. As much as I've had a passion for Disney over the years, like everybody in this world, I would never want to work at an amusement park working as one of the characters. But I know many people who did aspire to that, not as a long term, mm -hmm. you know, career or goal, just as something they wanted to accomplish at some point in their life. I think that's the one I would probably uh, turn down the quickest. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have one of my, I had a couple of actor friends who took uh weird Al song Skipper Dan a little too seriously because <laughs> they were talking about the people who wanted to be actors and got stuck working the jungle cruise ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that's pretty awesome though. All right. Um, ready for your final question in the geek seat, sir. All righty. All right. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? See, here's where it's going to get a little different, because after everything I've said about the chefs and everything else, my ultimate geek fantasy would be to get to travel for a season with the USC Trojans football team. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting that one. No. Said it's a little out of left field, but I am a diehard Trojan, have been since I was like seven years old. And uh, that for me would be like the ultimate geek out experience would be to spend a season with them you know travel with them give me a role i don't care what it is carry the equipment whatever but just see everything that goes behind the scenes all the ups and downs and be a part of that for a season would be my my absolute ultimate geek out awesome that is awesome that that one surprised me this is good <laughs> yeah <it did. laughs> you got me there jeremy you really got me there yeah. Well, Jeremy, I've got some amazing news for you, my friend. 
You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations! Yes, <laughs> Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $68.04. Uh, <laughs> um, it has been amazing having you on here. Um, I do have to ask one more question. I was thinking of it while we were while Mike was doing the Geek Seat. Do you do you have a dish? What is your what is your big like special dish? Your signature dish. <laughs> yeah, so your signature dish. Truthfully, I don't have a true signature dish because I am so ADD. Um, it changes <laughs> on a weekly basis, and I've studied you know so many different cuisines. <laughs> so in one week it could be you know risottos, another week it could be barbecue, another week it could be jambalaya and barbecue Louisiana shrimp. I'm all over the place as a chef. So that is awesome. I, I will say that I probably take I mean I take pride in everything I do, but my soups tend to be something that I really excel at, that I love to make and that I always Ooh. get just incredible reviews on. Um, my whole family looks forward to the cold months when I can start making soups. And it's <laughs> something I really enjoy. I, I enjoy the slow process of of building levels of flair, flavor on level of flavor and you know, just letting it all come together. There's something really special about throwing it all in a pot and turning it into magic. <laughs> Well, wow, you're in Southern wow. California, yeah, it, though, but, you know, is it really cold months there? You know, Well, occasionally. Yeah. I mean, like right now for California, we're getting into the 40s at night and, you oh. know, we're, we're in the low 60s during the day. So it's a little chilly for California. You might have to close a window it's, or two. It's still soup season. Doesn't matter yeah, what the exactly. temperature is outside. Um, all right, very cool. Well, December, what is it, 17th, 18th, right? 17th um, and 18th. Uh, you'll, you'll be at Blackwater Creek um, and doing the Celebrity Chef cooking show. Where And like I said, we'll have a link in our show notes so that people can check that out. Um, where can people go to find out more about what you're doing, what you're making, what you're cooking? Uh, <laughs> Jeremy. Well, they can go to the Bedford International Film Festival on Facebook if they want to learn more about that. Like you said, I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. will have the link. Um, you can go to any of my social media, which is the real Jeremy James Miller on Instagram and uh, Mr. Jeremy James Miller on um, Facebook. And you can go there, any of my posts about the cooking. I also post on there regularly about my availability dates for home cooking parties, things like that, or, uh, you know, catering events, other things, and any new shows I'm doing, any new projects I'm working on. So you guys can find everything there. Awesome. Awesome. It's been amazing having you join us. Thank you so much. Mike, Mike, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Let's take a quick break and we are going to be back and we're going to be taking a little different turn now. And Darren's going to be joining us and we are going to be looking at Kiwi's Playhouse Christmas Adventure. Hey, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. I feel like I've been really out of the loop the past couple weeks in between moving to a new house and dealing with a bunch of illness in my family. So I've had a hard time keeping up with all the new stuff coming out at the box office and on streaming. 
Hopefully after the holidays, things will settle down, quiet down a little bit, and I can watch um, some of this stuff. But I feel like what most people are going to be talking about in theaters in the coming weeks ahead is Avatar The Way of Water. You know, I honestly have no idea what to expect about the box office for this movie. I could see it going one of two ways. It could be a massive flop, and I could see James Cameron just being way too overconfident in this franchise. They've waited too long to come out with a sequel. People have moved on. The special effects that were groundbreaking with the first one are more commonplace now, and yeah, it could just go absolutely nowhere. Or it could be another massive hit like the first one, one that everybody feels like they need to rush out to the theater to see. I kind of have mixed feelings about the first one. You know, I remember going to see it when it was in theater and just being blown away by the world that was created and all the special effects and just like, wow, this was really something to see. But over the years, I feel like this movie has taken some flack in terms of its story, which is not the most original and it, I don't think it really has the cultural staying power of something like you know, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think James Cameron's being a little overconfident here about the fact he's going to make, I don't know, five or however many of these movies. But it's kind of the big one to beat, at least, it appears, for the holiday season. So yeah, I'm really curious to see how this all plays out. And that's it for Box Office Buzz. This week on streaming, I'm hoping to catch up on the new Willow series on Disney+. Plus, and I rewatched the Willow movie in for the first time in a long time. So hoping to write more about that over on the blog for the ESO podcast website. In the mood to listen to some geeky conversations? Feel like the internet isn't the best place for an in-depth, respectful exchange of ideas? Then head on down to the 42Cast. It's a weekly show that covers a new geeky topic in comics, TV, movies, literature, or video games every week. We can be informative. Back in my day, kids, Pluto was a planet, so it's going to stay a planet. Irreverent. You learn so much from the X-Men. I mean, really. That Wolverine is the most important character no matter what. Strange. It's like, you know, Grodd if he went into theology or something. Right? Or controversial. I believe and I will swear to my dying day that the Marvel Cinematic Universe began with Howard the Duck. Find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, 42cast.com, or esopodcast.com. It's the 42cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything.
Welcome back. Now it's time for the LGBTQ segment. Do you want to take it away, Darren? You sound very tired. Are you okay, darling? Do you, you need a couch exhausted. to lie on? You sound I, tired. I, I, Are you I over there? No, What's Pee- going Pee-wee on? will do that to Pee-wee, you. Pee-wee wore me out, basically. Well, yeah, <laughs> Pee-wee can do that. Pee-wee's a very high energy character. <laughs> that man doesn't ever stop. Oh, oh. no, it's the cocaine, I think. I, I'm not sure, but I think or it's... I thought it was the time with the construction workers, actually. Well, I mean... Yeah. I don't know. They hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> fruitcake ah! so, fruit hi everybody uh happy holidays and all that rot we're going to be talking about um the best christmas special that's ever been made and will ever be made most likely uh which is christmas at peewee's playhouse <laughs> which is a crazy hour acid trip into peewee's world if you're familiar with him at all the character actor paul rubens created this character named peewee herman and he was very famous in the 80s. He had some movies out. He had a Saturday morning kids show. He was first, um, I think, on Off-Broadway with uh, Pee Wee Playhouse as a more risque adult version as opposed to what happened on Saturday morning. You can figure that out because the jokes, they write themselves on the show. I don't know. It's still kind of... <laughs> I know. It's a, it's, this is one of those that the kids aren't going to get those jokes that the adults are going to get. So, yeah. yay. We love that kind of humor. And um, this Christmas special has everyone in it. If you ever wanted to know about the 1980s, you watch the special, you know everything you need to know about the 1980s at that point. Everybody possible is in it. I, in fact, uh, the rumor is they actually did, you know, he's got a big grand opening. He's got the singing Marines there. He's got the two backup dancers from Madonna's Vogue video uh, singing <laughs> along with him. And um, they're doing all this choreography and everything. And they, they do a roll call of guests for the show that yeah. was almost the whole episode right i know there. right it's a 10 minute number <laughs> that, that was as long as his christmas list <laughs> and it turns out they left Cher off uh she's not part of that number because Cher just showed up in the middle of taping and said can i do something real quick and they gave her the word of the day <laughs> like, bit. yeah and like of course wow. Cher can do anything share what she's Cher, <laughs> even though she was she was on that like bottoming off of moonstruck and about to start selling you know qvc hair care products for for a hot minute you know before that's all right she couldn't she comes back (laughs) she does she's she's gonna live forever we all know it so uh it's basically all the peewee characters some of which are much more famous for other things that they've done now like um um esapatha murkison has been on law and order for many many seasons for decades and of course morpheus is uh cowboy uh what's cowboy troy cowboy, no cowboy cowboy, cowboy curtis cowboy curtis that's what it is cowboy right. curtis he's in here but i'm just going to go down um some of the names here to do to do um king of cartoons william marshall sci-fi fans will know him as blackula blackula exactly yeah. Uh, let's see here. Doop doop doop. Lynn Marie Stewart played Miss Yvonne. She was a standout on the uh, the Pee Wee cast for the most part. Uh, we had Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello reprising their roles as basically fifties sweethearts who are basically in white slavery to Pee Wee during this special. <laughs> Pretty much, they're yes, making yes. all of his Christmas cards. Five hundred each. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Frankie, Annette, you done? 
No, I no. think they were. <laughs> I think they were in the midst of like really promoting that Back to the Beach pro yeah. like thing in, movie in that came 80s, out around yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so this is '88. This is yeah. This is a celebration of everything '80s, right? Oh, totally. Charo is there, the Gucci Gucci girl from the Love Boat. Of course, Love Boat was absolutely. Big. 70s and 80s we have the del rubio triplets who if you don't know them oh my god get a hold of an album find some youtubes the del rubio triplets are this this wonderful guitar playing platinum blonde group of ladies who were famous for doing a acoustic guitar version of uh whip it by devo that's how they, that's how they got their fame yeah and uh so they became kind of these really campy uh, stars that would just show up in these odd places and yeah it just became crazy whippy goldberg's in here magic johnson's in here now i i have a personal tie for my favorite gay icon on in in this in this special uh-huh. we have grace jones coming out of a box that's so true she's being mailed to the white house and she winds up at the playhouse instead Mm-hmm. And she sings, I believe, um, "Little Drummer Boy." Yeah, yeah. "Little yeah. Drummer Boy." And then she's, we have she's, 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 she's the best like, version she's, of "Little Drummer Boy." Yes, ever. the best version <laughs> ever. Oh come on! No, no, no. That's no. the Bowie version. No, that's, that's the, the Bowie best. and Crosby no, version. No, no, no. no. Um, this but is the better but uh, but I, I swear, I thought like when she starts taking her glove, I'm like, "Is Chris just going to strip yeah. nothing on is this?" Is she doing a strip tease? <laughs> what is she doing? And no one can stop her because she's Grace Jones. No. And then we, we get KD Lang singing Walking Around uh, uh, Winter Wonderland. Every time I hear that, I sing Walking Around in Women's Underwear. Um, but KD <laughs> Lang, before she was out. Way so before we, she we was have out. That, right I, before I think she her was first out. album only came out in 87, and this yeah. came out in 88. Yeah. And then she did Constant Craving, and there you go. Judy was watching it with me, and she was just like, God, Katie Ling is so young there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Then a lot of them were, so. That's true. We get uh, Little Richard, Joan Rivers, Dinah Shore. Speaking Dinah of Shore, lost Dinah, Dinah Shore is still singing. You know, twenty-five bunches of nachos. It's like, what the heck is he doing in there? Oprah Winfrey, and this was early Oprah. Oh, she looks really young. She, she looks, looks very young. young. This is just when she first started her yeah. show, I think. And then we I... have. Uh, finally, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Princess Zsa Zsa, you know, yes. uh, coming in to to give everyone some class and such. <laughs> go on, go on, Mike. What you were gonna say about um? No, I, this is just oh. it. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a cavalcade of love mm-hmm. boat stars. Oh, totally, yeah. it is. Oh, it's I like mean, this... <laughs> every gay icon from the eighties is mm-hmm. pretty much in here. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, the the running joke is everyone is giving Pee Wee fruitcakes throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the show. Yes. Not Ritz. what he wants on his list, and his list, of course, is a mile and a half long, and he's got all the toys already. That's what the playhouse is. Everyone gives him fruitcakes, and by the end, he's like, oh, fruitcake, yay, because he's been very disappointed by every fruitcake he's gotten so far. But then they're like, what are you going to do with all those fruitcakes you've gotten, Pee-wee? This is the gayest part of this special. <laughs> Apparently, Pee-wee has built a wing onto the playhouse made entirely of fruitcakes, and there are two shirtless construction workers in there building it while all this is going on you're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> How, what 
where did he keep those guys the entire time this whole thing has been going on? Yeah. But it's, it, it hits all the basic holiday tropes. There's snow, there's ice skating, there's letters to Little Santa. Richard. We yeah, forgot little, little Richard. Little Richard. Oh my God. Ah! Um, uh, there's Santa makes an appearance, of course, is mandated by, you know, all holiday specials. Santa must show mm-hmm. up at some point. And it's it's such a cute ending. I'm not going to spoil the ending because I want you to go see it. But what is hilarious is on the DVD print, the word joy is out in front of Pee Wee's house, but they cut it. So it just says J-O in the frame. Wow. Of course it does. Of course, of course it, it does. does. And this this came out for one year and was not seen again on TV because our friend Pee Wee had a little problem. And I don't think it's a problem at all. I'm not slut shaming at all. But he got caught doing what guys do in an adult theater back in the day. When... I mean, isn't that why you go to an adult theater? Exactly. I mean, that just seems so stupid to me. You don't sit there and watch Deep Throw and go, oh my God, the acting. <laughs> you know, you know, right. That's not what's happening there. And and so he was there and he was fondling himself, as we like to say. In, just in just think of J.O. Yeah, just think of J.O. <laughs> And um, he got caught, and of course, being a celebrity back then, this was huge news. Oh, my God. Saturday morning. Well, because he was a children's show, especially. A children's show person. How dare he have sex with himself, especially in Florida, dear God. I mean, the the laws back then were not I mean, yeah, the state is still not over it. No, no, the state is still not over it. I don't think anyone (laughs) is over it, really. I have a picture of him on the sign, Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of ended Pee-wee's career for a while. Um, he has come back um, time after time. Um, not like Cindy Lauper, but you know what I mean. Um, he he's more of a of a cult pop pop culture figure. He he played uh, uh, the father of the penguin in the Tim Burton Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. He, he does a lot of bit stuff like that, but he still does Pee-wee on occasion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they revived well, it off Broadway uh, several years ago. Yeah. And he yeah, also did. Like he also did a, or something like that. Yeah, he also did a movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah, okay. that was that was 2016. Yeah, and that's he, where he was going to keep trucking. So yeah. oh yeah, but he, um, Paul Rubens also was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie. Yeah, the original one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ah, ah, oh, one of the best death ah. scenes ever. <laughs> I uh, I first saw Paul Rubens before he was Pee Wee in uh, one of the Cheech and Chong movies. He's uh, he plays uh, they're in a mental institution. They get uh, locked up, and wow. he's one of the uh, <laughs> he's one of the the guys in the institution. And he kind of does a he he kind of does that hoarse voice. Um, so he, he, if I remember correctly, it, it's sort of like a pre Pee Wee Pee Wee. Like it's like a um but that's where i first saw him and uh and yeah i've seen him i think i know him more for his non-peewee roles than i think of him more as peewee i mean obviously you think of him as peewee first but uh i'll be perfectly honest with everybody out there um i am not a fan of peewee herman uh the character that's okay i am to be not a fan mm-hmm. uh i i had never seen uh a single one of his movies mm-hmm. i had never seen a single episode of the playhouse i had never seen this is the watching this special was the most time i'd ever spent with peewee herman and what did you think you're still not a fan obviously but... i it, it 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 absolutely confirmed that i do not like peewee herman <laughs> okay but i will say but i will say the show itself Mm-hmm. uh production wise puppetry all the like the all colors the animation and, and, and everything the animation and everything and it does sort of it celebrates that um 
I mean, we we talk about Weird Al a lot on this show. Heck, we talked about him last week. Um, and then there's that that in that in the '80s, there's that there's that oddball character mentality where you have Weird Al, Pee Wee Herman, Judy Tenuta, mm-hmm. uh, Emo Phillips. You have like all these weird type of characters coming out and and making names for themselves uh, on on MTV, on on television, on specials like this. Um, it is and it's well, it seems to represent like weird. a like a Southern California thing, mm. I think. For some reason, I think of Southern California when I think of all this stuff. Yeah. But it does also embrace, like, it's all about, it. like, lo- like I don't want to say it's all about love. Like, it's like some sort of thing. But it's like, it's all inclusive, really. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're watching Pee Wee's Playhouse, you feel like it's all inclusive. Like, if you're, like, there's nobody here that's going to be turned away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is the first time I ever remember seeing a holiday special that had anything about Hanukkah in it. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, there's Usually, that big section it's on Hanukkah. Just Christmas. Right. There, there's yeah. a good five to seven minute section about Hanukkah in the middle of this thing, which I thought was great. When, when, the, mm-hmm. when, um, Miss, um, it's not Yvonne, Miss, I miss her name. Yeah. But, but yeah. she says, Oh, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm Jewish. And she explains it very matter of factly. That instead yeah. of one day, they get seven days of gas. Oh, and here are your seven fruitcakes. Seven fruitcakes. <laughs> eight. Sorry. Eight. 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 Sorry, eight. Jewish, hello. Come I'm on. Sorry. You know. well, hey, <laughs> Come you on. correct me. It's fine. I, um, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. All the time. All the time. Oh, yeah. So, but without it being an openly gay special, this is the gayest Christmas special ever. Just because of the 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 gay icon, you know, ratio on this show. Yeah, it's like but, it's as right. openly gay as you could be at the time. At the time, without <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, we're doing a we're doing a gay party, which is why when I have a Christmas party, I play this in the background. And people are like, what is this? <laughs> and then after that opening number, they're like, they are in. They are invested in this special. They're like, oh my God, I have to keep watching this. And they just start, people will do, games like take a shot every time they do x or whatever and then you have a whole bunch of people who are drunk in your house and you've got to figure out how to get them out but <laughs> that's a problem for another day <laughs> but i bring this up because we we've, we've been having some problems in the community lately we've been hit by a lot of crazy stuff um club q in colorado springs obviously um and this past weekend there was apparently an attack in uh more north carolina that um mm-hmm. uh, heard about now that. there are 40,000 people without power and it appears to be well no one's saying it yet the only thing that had changed in this town was the fact there was a drag show going on that night everything else yeah was i mean it was a terrorist attack that's yeah, what it was totally, domestic totally it was. terrorism and apparently there's a serial killer in new york going after gay men at clubs that we just discovered about it's been a hard and we lost leslie jordan the other month so it's been a hard couple of uh, months for your LGBTQs people. So mm. it's it's hard sometimes, especially if you don't have a family to go to, um, because your family's not accepting of you, or if you uh, are feeling if you're single, feeling alone, or whatever. You have to find the joy where you can in the holidays, because it's very mm. easy to get into the doldrums of ugh, Christmas. You know, it's so much pressure, gifts all the parties you have to go to. And sometimes you're just going through the motions. You're not really happy for anybody. And this special 
is the way that I like to kick off my holiday season. It gets me in the mood. Well, it's very found family. I mean, oh, totally. It's yeah, very that, found that's family. That's what I really liked about it is mm-hmm. you just really feel like it's it's celebrating found family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's one of the things I loved about it, how diverse his family was, too. It was, you know, just not white gay guys. Yeah. It, it no wasn't offense. your stand it, no, it yeah. wasn't your standard white sitcom cast for sure. I mean No, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I and I loved it. And I loved everyone was in different sizes and shapes too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's what made it even better. I and everyone like was Cher accepted. Share. She was there. <laughs> By my chair. Who's I didn't stare. <laughs> it's like you know he just improv that because she just showed up you know it's like out of the blue it's like who did they have for share for the person of the day probably charo maybe you know because they did that yeah, joke probably. with her yeah. later about what does anyo mean oh it means here <laughs> ah! Ah! I mean, that's the thing right gucci gucci i like it so i i just think this is one of the happier christmas specials that isn't talking down to people. It's it's actually educational. You can show this to little kids and they'll they'll get a little bit of an education about Hanukkah and about the, the Christmas story. It's actually in there. Um, as far as I know, it's only well, yeah, it's eh, eh, it's it's not the whole thing, obviously. But it's in there. But I, I do like the fact that the main message, and like I said, we're not gonna spoil the ending or whatever, mm-hmm. but the main message is that Christmas is not about not just about like getting presents for mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about doing for other people as much as you can and yes. and and giving them whether whether it's monetary gifts or time or just call someone up, phone someone who maybe you've not talked to in a while and say, hey, I was thinking about you because they may need to have that conversation with you at that point. You, you never know. It, it's a good time to reconnect with people. It's a good time to go out and do some work like an open hand. Put some put some food together for people who don't have as much as you might have. Um, it's it's a time for giving of yourself, really, and that's that's the part about the holidays that I love so much. And it is hard; it really is hard for LGBTQ people sometimes to reconcile their lives with what mainstream religion says about us as a tribe. You know, mm. so it can be very challenging this time of year to go to, you know, families where religion is a big deal like it is in my family and just sit there and listen and listen to all the droning on yeah, and it's like you, you have know. to make the decision every year am i gonna <coughs> fight back or am i gonna or am i just gonna sit here quietly and, and then because it's just it's easier that way but then i feel like crap when Ex- i leave exactly i mean exactly. it's it's just you know it's supposed to be a time of celebration and it just turns into a time of horrible stress yeah especially for us i think mary um mm-hmm. not not you and i but lgbtq people i think it's very difficult that's why we have to find our own families that's why we're we're kind of forced into that even if your family is a goldfish that's your family as an lgbtq person and you have to maintain some relationship with yourself and the outside world and all of your cohorts that is beneficial to you. And this is the time where everyone's telling you, you should be happy. You should be happy. You should be happy. Well, what if you're not, what if you're not gay, but you're gay? What do you do? Right. You know, you, you put on Pee Wee's Playhouse and you watch it and you laugh. And then you, you wash, rinse, repeat that stuff until, you know, you get brainwashed and you start saying things like where's Cher? Cher was right there. (laughs) But it also says, 
know how important representation is because to, to especially back in 1988 to have had something like that to to watch and and to feel some somehow represented like yes i actually exist people see me <laughs> exist out in the world and uh and you know my talent can can be seen and celebrated you know that was you think it's bad now oh my god <laughs> it's yeah way worse it was back way worse then, back especially then. since we were still deep in the aids crisis totally you know who we had back then we had charles nelson riley paul lind and Waylon flowers and madam that's who mm -hmm. we had yeah that was it so if you weren't watching game shows you didn't get any gay content really no no that was really it didn't. that was it <laughs> No one knew what a lesbian was until Oprah had them on TV once. And then, <laughs> you know, the dam burst at that point, you know, or maybe Donahue. I think I remember watching an episode of Donahue where they had um, two bodybuilders on there who were going to marry each other because they, they were actually um, bodybuilders slash exotic dancers. And they were just turned off by women at this point. <laughs> so maybe they worked too much. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? But um, this was just a crazy thing. I wanted to do something light and peppy for the holidays since this was the next time we were going to be talking and I wanted it to be fun. I wanted us to celebrate the holidays in, in a good way, even though there's a lot of crap going on, you still have to, you still have to like find your spirit within. And I think this special does it without talking down to people, without making anyone feel excluded. And it does it in a, in a LGBTQ affirming way because it is a mixed found family in mm -hmm. this show. Yeah, yeah, I also I, I also really like the fact that you said find the spirit and everything. And it's like, I think a lot of times, even as adults, too, we get like caught up in like, it, there's so much to do. We have to do mm -hmm. shopping. We have to do cards. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do that. And we look at them as chores. Yeah. Whereas I think the the enthusiasm behind like a lot of the things that happen around this time is infectious in the special. Like when it snows, they're all like, woo! Mm -hmm. Or like even like, you know, um, you know, answering the door, getting mail, getting a package, like it's all really exciting and and really fun stuff, um, which we can get like totally bogged down by and, and forget this time of year. Oh, totally. I got an Amazon package today. It was like, woohoo, look at that. Somebody loves me. Like but then you realize you sent it to yourself, you know? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, I just I just felt like this was this was the one thing. If it was a Christmas special, and you you guys told me December, Pee Wee's Christmas special is the one that we're going to do because it is the it is the gayest Christmas special out there without it being without a doubt. Yeah, yeah I mean by now, by, a, by a far second place, like, maybe. So I I haven't seen like I said I haven't seen any of the movies. I haven't I don't watch the I didn't watch any of the other uh, Playhouse episodes or whatever. Is that theme present throughout all of like the Pee Wee stuff? Um, I, I think it pretty much is, but I don't think it is as exaggerated as it is in the special. Um, no. It is very much Pee Wee gets into shenanigans and then he gets out of shenanigans in 22 minutes because it's a Saturday morning, 30 minute show. You know, um, I think in the, the plays that he does, there's a lot of improv, but there's also a lot of, you know, we're going from point A to point B tonight. How we get there is up to us, <laughs> you know? Um, and then he's got his usual cast of characters like Miss Yvonne and Jombie the Genie and things like that, where, you know, craziness ensues because Pee-wee lives in a land that is not ours. <laughs> he lives in his own world. 
Which is, which is that Dorothy land. Gale thing, right? That's that <laughs> Wizard of Oz magic of, oh my God, his world is so fantabulous. I want to live there as opposed to where I live in Ohio or Utah right. or wherever, right? Or, or Georgia, wherever. Um, it's just more fabulous. And that makes it better. I've been in some drag well, queen homes that look like his playhouse. Not kidding. <laughs> I could see it. Uh, I mean, it definitely reminds me of a lot of the kids shows I watched like when I was really young and even, of course, the the big one, which, of course, is Mr. Rogers. And there's there's like, you know, the, some of the things that Mr. Rogers did um, for the time were pretty like all inclusive as well. Um, and this just looks like it's like sort of Mr. Rogers on acid. Right. Yeah, uh, that's Mr. a good Rogers way to put gay. it. Yeah. I, I... Lady he? Elaine maybe was a little diva, but that's about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, I was always worried about King Faraday, but that's a whole king, different story. The king. Uh, Never trust yeah. a man in a golden crown. Never do that. Never do that. But yeah, I, I, I never got into Pee Wee on the show. I, I actually saw this um, special for the first time when I was in my 30s. I'm like, where did this come from? And why have I never seen this before? And I sat there mesmerized by it going, what the hell? Who greenlit this? When did this happen? I had to investigate everything about it. And it turned out, yeah, it was because Pee Wee was such a popular character. CBS gave him a nighttime slot for the special. Yeah, I am actually kind of amazed that this aired on network TV back in 1988. (laughs) I know. I, I think it's there's a it lot was, of subtext here. There, there is, there is. I think they improved a lot of it. Like when when Flory says to Ms. Yvonne, "Hey, Ms. Yvonne, come stand by me," and she's wearing a skirt. Come, come stand uh, over me, see. over yeah. me, whatever. It's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait a minute. The adults get that. The kids have no clue. So it's like, <laughs> oh, the floor's talking to Ms. Yvonne. That's cute. The adults are like, Flory's a perv. Look at that. <laughs> um so it's just one of those very very and i apologize that i'm rambling because it's it really is an acid trip you have to experience it for yourself you really do there's no way to explain how a show with dinosaur share charo and annette funicello works but it does <laughs> i you know the casting was off the chain jaja performs with a muppet like cow named countess Mm-hmm. Uh, and her little I thought Jaja would hit someone when they called her a cow or something but apparently she was fine <laughs> being equated with one so that she must need the money that month you know buy some more diamonds <laughs> <sighs> who knows but hey it's a paycheck yeah, it's it a paycheck, a paycheck. It, it keeps that actor's equity uh insurance going yay Wait, wait. Was she the? I kept thinking like, okay, I, I get confused because I think her maybe it was her sister. Was 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 it her sister they, that was on Green Acres? Ava was on Green Acres. The sister was right because I kind of got that Green Acres. The... I, I, right, I got a Green Acres vibe from that scene, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Jaja was more Paris Hilton before Paris Hilton. Yeah, she, yeah, she's very Paris Hilton. Yeah, like proto Paris Hilton. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Paris Hilton took what she did and just went right a thousand times with it basically so it's like it's been done before kids it's been done before (laughs) but yeah i i just thought this was a fun little thing to do for the holidays go watch it it's it's available on dvd it's probably available somewhere streaming isn't it am i wrong you can get it on itunes itunes Uh, apple tv itunes yeah we still had to pay 2.99 for it yeah but it's the holiday it's worth it it's worth it 
three bucks for 40 minutes of entertainment that's cheaper than going to a movie any day of the week so hey. i was actually amazed how many people were in this with yeah. it only being 40 yeah. minutes yeah how did you Me squeeze too. all those people in here holy crap yeah they're exactly. just one after another <laughs> yeah even a very young Whoopi goldberg you know wanting mm-hmm. to be on the special this is Whoopi oh. goldberg back in her jumping jack flash days i mean this was Whoopi with dreads is what this was oh yeah mm-hmm. big time and it it was awesome. It was awesome to see everybody and er, literally every scene. And it was just like, like when Cowboy Curtis and I was like, Judy, do you know who that is? And she was like, I think so. And I said, and I told her, it was like, you know, Morpheus from Matrix. And she was like, oh my God. God. Yeah. Uh, like so Pee Wee took the red pill. Is that what happened here? Is that what's going on? That would Maybe. explain a lot actually. It explains a lot of it. Cowboy Curtis and those fabulous lavender you know, chaps of his. <laughs> and, and those sideburns, dude. Oh, those, those sideburns were epic. They were epic. Mm-hmm. Little Richard attempting to ice skate it will never not be funny to me. Never not be funny. And I loved how they had with Pee Wee ice skating and then showing that there was a double. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you, Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Hans. I have expected that to be Brian Boitano. I was expecting <laughs> that also. I was that also. <laughs> what would Brian Batano do? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's the only thing that's missing from this special. That should have been Brian Boitano. Um, they probably tried to get uh, Dorothy Hamill. They probably did try to get her. I would not be surprised. Wouldn't doubt it. Like, you've got a day to drive down here. We're doing this in one day. We're filming this in a day. Get here. You know, it probably took about three days to film. But, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, the oh, we, scenes we, we know they all stayed. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that's hilarious it's at the end it was like guests stay at the it was like it was a game show or something yeah it was basically stay at this hotel and i'm like oh okay i'm pretty sure princess jaja was like no no darling you will put me up in a hotel i'm not driving to burbank and leaving no i must yeah i'm like i don't think Cher stay stay no no Cher went back to malibu baby (laughs) she had to turn back time and another boyfriend god love her bless her heart So that's wow. it. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's a short, it's not like we're talking about a two hour movie here. It's a short piece. Yep. You can fit this in, sit the family down, feed them food, put them in front of the TV and put this bad boy on. And no one will be talking about anything political because they will be so like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in there with their mouths open. Like, what is this? Is this pre HIV magic no, Johnson? This was, this was 88s. Oh, well, yeah, yeah so... it's free HIV Magic Johnson, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking. I think he, he came out in the nineties at some point with that diagnosis, I believe in the two thousands. I thought it was earlier than Yeah, it was earlier than the two thousands. Yeah. It was in the nineties, yeah. I think. I'll do I'll do a little bit. It was bit. in the it was yeah, it was in the nineties. <laughs> no, it wasn't right away. I, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, and I it was him in the sleigh ride with Pee Wee. <laughs> uh, 1991. Okay, okay. So, so, so three years that. away from yeah, three years after this. Yep. Yep. So yes, indeedy. So it's interesting, and I I enjoyed it. It was fun, and I got it gave me quite a few laughs. Yeah, it's, it's more fun with liquor. I'll yeah. agree. Well, well, <laughs> liquor. Yes. Yeah, well, the, fir- the, the first time I enjoyed it was actually at your Christmas party, dude. My infamous Christmas parties, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
at your last one this year. I'm still, I'm still unpacking everything. So, um, but yeah, that that party, that party tends to like it's good background music. It's Christmas music. People are like Katie Lang. I'm like, yeah, when she was straight. Enjoy she was never moment. straight. I know, but she was straight <laughs> presenting, as far as we all knew. Yeah, she was never straight presenting either, unless no, she no, was she blind. Wasn't. That, that yeah, I don't. The, not there's nothing. There's nothing straight about. She was tromping around on that stage like a like we were very proud of her on a motorcycle that day. So, <laughs> but Grace Jones, I mean, come on, how can oh, you, yeah. how can you not have Grace Jones in a Christmas special? And I would My have God. loved to. See- I would have loved to seen her show up at Ronnie's White House at that oh, time. Oh, don't you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. It was probably diverted on purpose. Yeah, probably. That's why she was in a crate. Oh, it's a black woman. No, we can't have this. No, 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 no. no. Oh, wow. Send her to the playhouse, please. <laughs> I'd take Grace Jones over any Republican right now. Oh, my now. God, yes. That's not fabulous. even a contest. No, not even. Not even close to a contest. That was, it was interesting. And you know what? It was fun. And folks, if you do get a chance to do it, grab, like Darren said, grab a nice adult beverage. And yes, pie. I recommend pie. It only gets better the more you drink. It's true. You'll notice more details too. You will. You'll notice all the props in the background. Like, what is that on the back of that? Oh my God. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's what's back there. There, there are some, there are some dolls and some interesting poses in the background. I'm not going to point them out, but uh, yeah, that's for you to discover, folks. Have fun. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. It, it is. It's like, it's like one of those pictures that's really bad and it gets worse the more you stare at it. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but this is in a fun way. Very much so. Very much so. Well, Darren, I appreciate you giving this to us to watch. Now, anytime you can get a gift from me, you know, it's non-returnable. Sorry, it was on sale. Well, at least you didn't give me eight of them. No, no, no I did not. Give, I did not give you eight. Pee Wee's yes. Playhouse. Uh, although I should, I should find a copy of that dinosaur song and just send it to you on repeat. No. <laughs> no. No. Hundred Day of Christmas. Oh God! I'm sure, she's still that, going but, now. I'm sure she's oh, still going. I, I, Nothing slowed Dinosaur down. She did. She did golfing tournaments. She did a daytime TV show. She sang for Merv Griffin. You know, she was doing everything back then. That was like the she premier was... lesbian thing to go to in the mm-hmm. '80s in Palm Springs. Yeah, the Dinosaur, Dinosaur Golf, Golf Classic. Tournament. And I'm like, Mommy, why do all the girls look like Dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, son. <laughs> I love how um, in the Aust- second Austin Powers movie where they made fun of this, we will call her Unibrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. I hope you have a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, even if you choose not to celebrate. You can go out, have some fun, find a bar, find a friend, watch some movies, even Die Hard. It's fine. It's a Christmas movie. I'm it is a Christmas movie. I'm on that side of that argument for sure. <laughs> well, we talked about that on the uh, gift guide the yep. other week. And have but... a fabulous holiday. Absolutely fabulous. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very much so, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Let's take a quick break and we will be back. And you know what? Let's close up the show. Let's we'll give you a short one this week. Mm -hmm. Right the heck not. (laughs) What are you doing here? Well, Pee Wee, I just came by to see what today's secret word is. Secret word. (laughs) I completely forgot. (laughs) Cocky. 
Share with us along with today's secret murders. Sure. Secret word is here. Now, you all know what to do whenever anyone says a secret word, right, Cher? Ah! That's right! For the rest of the day, whenever anyone says a secret word, scream real loud. Ready? Let's try it. <laughs> so, uh, Cher, are you having a nice Christmas so far? Oh, yeah, Pee Wee. Christmas is my favorite time of year. <laughs> that was so cool, Cher. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome, Pee-wee. And Pee-wee, see you next year. <laughs> that was Cher. Cher was right there. In the same room as my chair. I hope I didn't stare. Oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Michelle with an iconic rock talk show moment. Of course, we need to start off with a fond farewell to Irene Cara, who passed away November 25th at age 63. Of course, her hits with fame and flash dance were huge and just such an indelible part of the 80s sound. And to Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac, who passed away at age 79 on November 30th. Such a gifted songwriter, vocalist, and keyboardist. Um... Just an integral part of that band's sound. So many of their big hits from 75 on uh, belong to her. She will be very much missed. And in other news, grab your favorite um, popcorn-eating GIF meme and, and hold that in your head. Um, Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane of Journey are 50-50 partners in a company called Nomoda that, I've, among other things, runs Journey's business affairs, making members of that band employees. Gosh knows, Neil Sean has already fired their drummer Steve Smith and Ross Valerie, their bassist. They are squaring off in court in an ugly fight about the Nomoda MX card. Neil Sean says that Jonathan Kane has cut him off from access to the card and from seeing the financial records. Jonathan Kane contends that uh, he has given Neil Sean the records, but he had to cut him off from the card because Neil ran up the bills. Uh, Neil Sean fires back, saying that Jonathan Cain added his wife, uh, evangelist Paula White, to the banking structure without permission. Not good to do. And he is doing some saber-rattling about uh, Greg Raleigh and maybe bringing him back into the band. Uh, Greg was the keyboardist uh, right before and slightly overlapping the uh, Steve Perry era, the classic big commercial success era of Journey. Um, Steve Perry right now is probably thinking he dodged a bullet. And I would say to Greg Raleigh, run. Uh, as far as Neil Sean's financial track record, this is a guy who, when he got married in 2015, uh, sued the city of San Francisco um, over the venue rental fees for his wedding at the Palace Fine Arts, which is city property. Uh, they raised the rates because Neil had turned his wedding into a for-profit event uh, on pay-per-view. Um, so there you go. Draw your own conclusions. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show. Check out the blog at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. We'll catch you next time.
Welcome to Earth Station Trek, a show that talks about Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. We cover topics like Star Trek versus reality. Did the board get better or worse? Finding the good in bad episodes. Pop culture in Trek. Star Trek pets. Vulcan romance. Religion in Trek. Umox for fun and pleasure. Kirk versus Picard. And why Cisco is better. Plus reviews of all the latest episodes. Check us out on your favorite podcast platform or the ESO network. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. It's that time of year for all the new Christmas movies and specials to start coming out. This year, we got a very fun Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I had no idea what to expect from this. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was quirky. It was funny. It was exactly what I expected from the Guardians of the Galaxy. But also, it had a lot of heart. The story starts off with Mantis and Drax hearing a story about how Christmas was ruined for Quill as a kid by Yondu. And the two decide to help save Christmas for him by bringing him a present. So they traveled Earth to get him Kevin Bacon. That's all I'm really going to say about this entire special, spoiler-wise, other than it's a really funny, funny watch watching Drax and Mantis's antics on Earth as they look for Kevin Bacon. I also completely fell in love with Cosmo the dog, and I hope we see way, way more of this super cute pup. Like, they were absolutely adorable, and I need more of them in my life. This special is exactly what I expected from James Gunn for the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. It had fun songs, it was silly, it had a great ending that was very sweet. It was a wonderful holiday Marvel special, which is also making me hope we get more since we got the Halloween style special and now a Christmas special. I really hope Marvel will keep up with this in the future with these fun holiday specials and keep the quality of them up as well because they have been delightful. Also, I need Drax's sweater to wear myself. It was so adorable and funny and I need a cat shooting lasers out of its eyes to wear on Christmas now because he has set a high fashion standard. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Darren, thank you so much for this selection. It was actually kind of fun to actually take a look at Pee Wee. Yeah, it's nice to do something gay that is not explicitly gay, but really is absolutely positively 100% gay, isn't it? Oh, very much so. <laughs> I don't think it could have got much gayer. You can't get so. much gayer even though no one says gay in the whole thing. Well, I was going to show you the new bunker we're building in the back of the station here. Oh, sweet. <laughs> You'll you'll enjoy the construction workers. You'll enjoy the construction workers. Everyone, trivia question: What liquor does Pee Wee soak his fruitcake with? I don't remember. Tequila. Nice. Wow. Nice. That was an easy one, but okay. No, that was an easy one. Good on that note. <laughs> wow, Darren. joke for the day. <laughs> Have you had any idea what we're going to talk about next? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it's a new year. It's a new year, new thought. It's a new process. year. I plan, I plan to drink and celebrate the holidays in my own inimitable fashion. 
and then I will think about the new year in the new year. So, yeah, I'm not okay. making any advanced plans at this point. Yay. Sounds like a good plan. That's, yep. you know, that's I'm a taking good some idea. of the pressure off. Screw those new year's <laughs> resolutions. Screw yeah. them into the ground. Who cares? Do what you want. If you want that's a resolution, open. make it today. Who cares? Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Anything, anything you want to promote? Um, well, I'm on Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com talking about the Legion of Superheroes goodness. Yay. And I hear a rumor that the Dragon Con report may or may not be coming back. I'm assuming it's coming back. I'm assuming we're going to talk about the con again. So next year. January. Yeah, see, I'm not making any decisions that's on next year. So maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't. Huh? Hey, me and too. So there you go. For you both. <laughs> <Ooh>. uh. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you as always, my friend. You're welcome. And Mary, thank you so, so much as always. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk about the gay stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I know you like coming out <laughs> the of the TARDIS stuff. every once in a while. The gay stuff. The gay stuff. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out about, my love? You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. And I just want to put a plug in if... Um, now that's gay. The, the, <laughs> the holiday season. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> please donate to your local food banks oh, they're very, very important so. this time of year um very, they're very, very important so. all year especially these days <laughs> with in- oh, yeah. crazy inflation um and the world kind of being a really scary place right now mm-hmm. uh especially i encourage you to donate money rather than goods because they can take that money and they can spend it way better than you can They've got mm-hmm. access to all sorts of programs and discounts mm-hmm. they can use it with. So just wanted to encourage everybody, to, when you're thinking about your holiday giving, don't forget the food banks. There's only so many cans of lima beans they can take, folks. Exactly. That's, that's true. They can have all of mine. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so, so much. And Mary can be also be found, of course, on our station Who, where this next week we are going to be looking at the next doctor. Yay. That's right. So we're continuing our holiday specials. That's right. David Tennant meets his maybe future incarnation. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. I thought or, you were talking about that referral to the podiatrist that you got last week. So, okay. That's a, that's a whole different story, dude. Oh, that's a different show. Got it. Okay. on that. Right oh, now. Oh, okay. on the eat fay. Got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did. A wacky one indeed. But uh, as always, it's my pleasure. Awesome. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, I do. You know, since uh, we, you know, we were talking about Pee Wee earlier and his first movie was directed by Tim Burton. Well, in the imagination of Tim Burton, I watched the uh, new series Wednesday on uh, Netflix. That's uh, by Tim Burton, as well as the uh, two creators behind Smallville. Um, and I give it a big uh, thing. Thumb up. Uh, like a big, like, um, uh, that's about to big, say. That's a kind of a personal question there. A big, uh, a big, a big two snaps. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. It's a really cool, um, sort of mystery show. Kind of fills that void or that that same spot I like with, uh, you know, since Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This is very much in the style of that. Uh, but with an Adam's flair to it, and uh, most importantly, um, the woman who plays. Uh, Wednesday, Jenna Ortega is amazing. Uh, she really carries the show very well, and uh, it's it's great. I I I just binged the heck out of it over the weekend, 
and I'm already looking forward to season two. Very cool. Awesomeness. Awesome. 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 Um, I'm going to do my shout out real quick. Judy and I also have been watching some TV. We did start Wednesday. Uh, we only made it through the first episode so far. So I'll you know probably report back in the next couple of weeks um, when we do a rant and raves for our patrons where we talk all about Wednesday. So Merry Christmas, that- patrons. That's right. Dan. <laughs> You're finally getting a rant and rave. <laughs> finally. Finally, finally. We also did catch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which was actually quite fun. That was fun. It was it, fun. It was, you know, and even had Kevin Bacon, Bobby Nash's friend. So it's awesome. So, <laughs> so it was that was also a top ton of fun. We also watched a new series that is on Hulu and it is called Reboot. I don't know if anyone's had a chance to check it out. It has Keegan Michael Key and uh, Johnny Knoxville, amongst many others. Oh, wow! And a weird cast for you. Oh, it is awesome though. It's basically the premise is a early two thousands show um, was canceled after quite a few years. Kind of the same kind of sitcom that um, Jeremy, who was on our show earlier, was part of and everything. And they have a reboot of it, um, ah. but it's all about the rebooting of the series and what the actors are up to now and everything. And it's a ton of fun and it has Paul Reiser in it and a few other familiar faces. And so definitely check it out. If you have a chance, definitely recommend it. And this is only eight episodes. And so definitely very much fun if you have Hulu. So definitely check it out. Because I'd like to see that one come back for a second season, especially the way they ended it. Yeah. So, very cool. Speaking of coming back, we will be back again next week. That's right, folks. We are going to have a music episode next week. I haven't done one of those in a little bit. And we are going to look at one of my favorite bands from Athens, Georgia. They are celebrating their 40th anniversary. Who are we talking about? We are talking about REM, folks. How's that to make you feel old? And exact, so it's kind of cool. It's um, they released their first EP. Um, it's gonna be actually the 15th of December, is exactly 40 years since Chronic Town came out. So it is pretty cool, and we're gonna have a great crew up here to talk all about it. And of course, as always, we'd love to have you guys involved. So, you know what, definitely reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station Room podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can be found in video format. That's right. You get to see all these smiling faces <laughs> all over YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yep, we are not too proud for that, folks. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Mary Ogle, and Mr. Darren Noel, thank you for listening to Earth Station One. And if folks, if we haven't said it, we hope you guys are having a great holiday season. And, you know, hopefully you're with friends, with loved ones, with family, or family who are friends. You know, it doesn't matter. Just be with some folks who put a smile on your face. This is what this season is all about, no matter what you saw. And time is here. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and behalf of that, let's wrap the show up. Thanks as always. We'll see you next time. Peace, and we are done. 
Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.